Welcome back to the podcast. This is Love, Life, and Legacy, a podcast designed specifically to help you navigate these hypersexualized times of ours so that you can curate your sexuality in accordance to your values instead of living in a reactionary state as most people do. Now, I just want to contextualize, I am recording this intro in a bathroom trying to escape construction. There's no way out, and if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. So I apologize for the sound quality, but uh, the episode henceforth, the ensuing words will have a much better sound quality. And what it is, is my wife and Sammy's wife joined us on the podcast. It was a request from a young lady out of America. She wanted to hear what Sammy and I, you know, what we would say if our wives were there and how we interact and and all that. So we invited them on and it, it went like this. We each decided to come up with three questions for the other couple without letting them know what that question was ahead of time so that they could give us an honest, straightforward answer. And it was amazing. I got to say, it was a lot of fun for everybody involved. And we realized that these are the kind of conversations that we should always be having with the people close to us. They were very honest and open. And we got into natural childbirth and some of the trials. And and we got into our sex lives. But nothing too graphic, don't worry. This is not nothing to be censored. But just talking really honestly about what it's like to be a couple and how how to make things work in this modern day and age. So I hope it's really helpful for you and I hope it sheds some light into not only Sammy and I, but also how we're intentionally building couples and families based on the virtues of high noon. So without further ado, I welcome you to bring your wives to work day here on High Noon Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. We have a special, super special secret sauce episode which is going to transform the way you view Sammy and I because we're unveiling our the secret to our success, which is our wives. Ta-da. Sammy, do you want to introduce your wife and then I'll introduce my wife and then they will feel introduced. <laughs> Actually, uh, my wife, her biggest gripe whenever we do talks together is when we're doing the introduction, I'll just talk and I never give her a chance to say anything she says. So. <laughs> Okay. About, I introduce yourself. Um, this is bad timing. <laughs> you asked me to introduce myself. Hi, I'm Igu. Uh, we are Sammy's wife, and I'm nine months pregnant. Yeah. Ta-da! Seven months. <laughs> Seven months. Eight months. Eight months. Thirty-three weeks now. Nine months means you're about to have the baby. I see. So, thirty-three weeks. All right. So uh, there you go. Summary of you, her entire identity. She's my wife and she's 33 weeks pregnant. (laughs) It's funny because you said you're nine months pregnant, but before we started recording, you said that you still have a month and a half left. So I thought that like in Korea, you, when you're born, you're one year old. I thought somehow nine months old means eight months old, but now I get it. Oh yeah. It's weird that they count the pregnant, the, uh, the, Pregnancy terms weird too. The really? it's oh. ten months. You're pregnant for ten months. Yeah. yeah. 
somehow the math works out. Okay. I'm just going to say, okay. And I'm just going to assume that that makes sense to you guys. Yeah. Anyway. So when she says, <laughs> so when she says nine months pregnant, Koreans would understand that she has about a month left. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, do you want to introduce yourself, honey? No, you do. Oh, so my wife is on her passport. She still has her maiden name, long, confusing, but on everywhere else, she's Uyunga Love. And so love is about one fifth the length of her original maiden name, which is Huchne, spelled K H U U K H N E E. And uh, she is now a love, and she's from Mongolia. And she sometimes pretends she's shy, like she's doing now. <laughs> when she starts speaking about God or something she really cares about, she just starts to fly and go into another orbit, and she gets possessed, and she like really gets strong and really powerful, and it's an amazing thing to see. Mm-hmm. So welcome, Uyunga. Thank mm-hmm. you. I can really resonate with what you just shared about you know when you have something you're really passionate about. Igu um, likewise, she'll pretend to be shy. Um, but for her, the way Ryong is passionate about God, I'd say you talks that way about tiramisu and, uh, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> food. and food. A food preacher. I like it. No, but that's not true because I remember when we were in Jeju Island and you hosted the entire day, Igyu, uh translating the entire day. You turned everything into this fun talk show. And I had no idea what you were talking about. Cause it was in Korea. <laughs> everybody, I was looking at everybody's faces and they, they were like the studio audience in a talk show. And they were, they're so excited to hear whatever the hell you were talking about. <laughs> and you made it so much fun. You, I like, normally we're just boring. And then, but you make things really fun when you speak in front of people. I'm really impressed. And you did the same thing. Um, during the 24-hour summit. It looked like so much fun. I just wish I could speak Korean just to hear what you guys were talking about. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, yeah, she's a great uh, great host. She'd be a great talk show host for sure. Yeah. So I guess more, more things that you guys said, she's Korean. Did you say that? No, I didn't. She's from Korea um, and has four siblings. She's one of five. Third one. She's the middle child. And so we were blessed in 2009 and then we lived in America for five. So we were a couple, two years, I'd say we were separate in college. And then we spent five years living in America. And the past three and a half years, we've been living together here in Korea. Got it. Mm-hmm. And Uyunga has three siblings, a brother and two sisters. She's the eldest and I'm the youngest. So that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I only have one sibling, so it's, but my sibling is a woman and she's got red hair. So she's like the equivalent of three siblings because she's very strong willed. And Mm -hmm. uh, Uyunga and I were blessed at True True Father's last blessing in 2012. And Mm -hmm. we've lived in New Jersey, California, DC, DC, like Maryland area, and Denver technically, and then the rest of the world. Cool. Yeah. Well, great to meet you, Yanga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice to meet you guys. Yeah. <laughs> this is fun. Yeah, we, yeah, it's it's nice to see you again. I mean, we last time we saw you, Yanga, was in Korea when your your whole family was here in the fall. And it seems like so long ago and like it just happened at the same time. 
Yeah, but we've never gotten to really, really hang out because there's always some sort of child doing something while we're trying to speak. So we don't really know each other so well as a a foursome. Um, But we, so just for context. That's the only way we would ever like to know each other. (laughs) Uh, This this podcast episode was actually requested by somebody Mm -hmm. because they wanted to meet uh, Sammy and my wife. And so what we did was, um, in the vein of high noon, instead of having a nice casual conversation just about the weather and pregnancy or whatever, we wanted to talk about real stuff. So the homework was to (laughs) come up with three questions each. I guess we could just take turns asking one question at a time where we can get to know the other couple and everybody listening can get to know us, but also that we can show you what high noon looks like as a couple because... Although most of you know us in the context of being on a stage and talking about, you know, being honest and open, uh, we wanted to do it as a couple that, you know, we don't, I, I don't think we have anything to hide from this world. We have nothing to be ashamed about. So uh, we just want to ask each other questions that we're interested in to, to hear the real answer about who you are, who you are as a couple. How do you want to go? Do you want to go first or do you want us or Rochambeau or what do you want to do? Whatever that Rochambeau, that sounds fancy. We can do that one. Just rock, paper, scissors. (laughs) 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 But but French, right? Because everything sounds I have no idea why people say Rochambeau, but it just means rock, paper, scissors. (laughs) Yeah, but back and forth, I I think it's good. And the main thing is just opportunity to yeah I, li- I love what you said as couples show how we relate with one another how we relate to each other rather than just being these two smelly dudes in front of microphones well by the way just for context we are we can see each other because we're, we're on video while we're recording this and i was really wondering if sam is going to step up and dress up nicely and he's he not he did not <laughs> I, true love exists they love each other they don't need to impress each other with things like shirts that have you know sleeves or anything like that right or yep yep he just dressed wonderfully and she prepared very well for this interview (laughs) her makeup and you can trust me she looks lovely everybody (laughs) so why don't you guys ask the first question or do you want us to ask you the first question i'm gonna put it i'm gonna put the ball in your court sammy Mm. yeah i like uh this is one um you thought of that i'd be curious to hear um Good. It's like a deep and good segue, not too difficult one also at the same time. So it's, it's about your family. Uh, you two married, blessed, you've ra- you're raising three boys and you've put a lot of in thought and intention in how you want to raise your, raise your children and what kind of family you want to have. And so, uh, what are you most proud of the family culture that you have? What are you most proud of the family culture? I'm assuming that the audience wants to hear more from her because they always hear from me. So in terms of our family culture, what are you most proud of? Yeah. For me, is um, I grew up in Asia and Mongolia. And then um, growing up, I see um, uh, around the family relatives, people basically, mother is the... Um, Jopper the children and then father is there make money go out and then father will always come in the evening just like basically hi to the children definitely they know their children's name and uh, sometimes <laughs> they don't know the name at the age how old are your children like they don't know mm-hmm. it, like you know like how old they are the which grade they are like you know something like that but and then um, for me now is um 
really uh, proud of especially Eastern and Western culture come together. I can uh, really proud of my husband together with the boys, really mm-hmm. like more than me. He is uh, take responsibility for them, really love and really like play together. I think that when they grow up, they will be like, you know, my father, like the great memory putting in their, yes. uh, their heart and brain. And that mm-hmm. is when I see that thing is like, wow, this is amazing. I even didn't ask. And then that Andrew's heart is like really for there. And then when they grow up, they really uh, care for their family and children. I really believe that things uh, care for their woman, you know, yeah. and mm-hmm. that's my so I think that was kind of I I might be one of those guys that just ends up working a lot, but then she was really struggling to adapt to the American way of life, uh, the Western way of life, and she just wasn't able to really take care of the kids so much early on. So I just picked up the slack, but then it ended up being a blessing, you know, uh, in disguise. As it was kind of painful at the time because I was already working so hard, but then. Somebody had to take care of the kids, right? So I, I just stepped up. But then I, you know, in the, especially in the past year or so, I've realized that anybody that I've ever read, you know, psychologists, motivational speakers, whatever, they are really so clear about the first seven years of a child's life is what deeply programs their expectations for friendship, for love, for relations, for everything, for money, for everything. So to be fully present in your kid's life, especially in the first seven years helps to basically set the trajectory for the rest of their life in terms of like their subconscious wiring and all that. So I just want to be there with them, especially like, I'm not going to just stop after seven years, but especially in the first Mm -hmm. years to make sure that those kids know that they are loved, but also to challenge them and to be there when they make mistakes uh, to comfort them because um, if they have any trauma, I really feel like you can resolve it in a short period of time if you're there. And if you're not there, that trauma can last a lifetime, right? Um, so yeah, that's our culture is just really being hands-on and being there for each other uh, instead of just kind of clocking it in. Like every day I kind of feel like, was today good enough and how can I do t- tomorrow better? You know. So we are very intentional. So that culture of intentionality, I think. That's it. That's a, that's really crazy that uh, there's a lot of families out there that the dad doesn't know how old their kids are. Even. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a kind of concept breaker for me. Man, thank you. It's nice. It's really great to hear. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Great question. Great question. Glad you guys thought about it. Put a lot of thought into that. <laughs> so I have one that kind of goes in an opposite direction, but it's we're going to start with this. Um, I'd love to hear what is what is a constant point of tension, like a, a fight that happens a lot, that comes up a lot. Like a, a for a lot of people, it's, it could be money. Like definitely that happened in my family, uh, or I don't know, food. It could be sleep. It could, I don't know. But what's What's something that you find yourselves repeatedly? It's like this unresolved point of tension in your marriage. Go ahead. Moji, <laughs> <laughs> I think um, about money. Yeah, money. Money happens a lot whenever 
No. <laughs> Your answer. <laughs> also, the the level of faith. How you want to practice your faith? Like, uh, for example, I I really want to go to church every week, weekend, and do a lot of stuff like going, uh, being a choir or helping cooking or cleaning or, and Sammy doesn't think. You are, yeah. So at that, that point, uh, how we express our faith? That's, oh, that's yeah, something yeah, that comes yeah, up yeah. a lot. So, also, uh, like, if I want to do hundoke, I want to read uh, hundoke for one hour, like reading it, reading it, reading it, and finding out something inspire me for the day. But Sammy wants to do like one pages, and <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, now we figure that doing together is more valuable. So we we are doing hundoke, like uh, doing the greeting and uh, reading the two parents. Uh, speeches for 10 minutes and discussing together and I really love it the way we uh, figured out how to do together and yeah uh, pre- how to practice the, our faith is uh, really different each other so uh, yeah that's that's uh, I think we solved that problem already yeah that's pretty how, how, yeah, that's how did you do that that sounds like a difficult thing to solve how did you solve it so, like going to Sunday right. service. Well, yeah. Let me let me tie back to because we didn't result answer that part. You just said talk about Sunday service. So the the point about Sunday service. So and back ultimately is <laughs> about how we express our faiths. Is different, uh, uh, different, right? is, and we didn't know that at first. Um, one thing that helped us identify that was we did a we went to a, the Energize retreat oh. and we did John Williams is um was offering this free counseling sessions. So we're like, hey, let's. We, you know, we didn't feel like we weren't sure exactly what we talked about, but it's just, it was a nice opportunity. So, okay, yeah, let's, let's just do it because, you know, it's, it's free. <laughs> and, um, that was the thing we identified that we talked about. It's like, okay, ben, so Igu, she felt obligated or not, no, she wanted to go to church and I really didn't want to go to church every week. We both were mm. clear on, uh, faith was still there. We both were very strong in our faith. It was just this point of physically going to church versus not going to church. Sure. And we felt very str- both strongly about our opinions on it. And we both expressed them and we both um, understood the point of the other, but we just didn't agree with each other's point. And so for me, it was, for, for, or so for me, um, the purpose of church, if it's supposed to be like spiritually nourishing and if it's mm. not, then there's no, you know, if it doesn't fulfill its purpose then there's no point to go. It's, it's like that or community. Like you go to, and so we're living here in Korea, and and I think churches in Korea, Korean church services are by far the most boring church services <laughs> ever. Right? And, and um, so it wasn't spiritually nourishing, and you know we don't really not know a whole lot of people, um, which of course would change if you went more often, I guess, right? But it wasn't doing that, so I was like, okay, let's just you know we can have our own Hunoke family church. That's something that you father talked about a lot, and we can like invite friends over and do something. And, or we could just do watch something online together and talk about it. You know, that was my thinking. And Igu's thinking, and I'll paraphrase, you can emphasize if I miss something, was mm-hmm. more just if she agreed with all the things, all the criticisms I had about church service, it being boring. She's like, I agree with everything you said. It's boring. And I, I don't really like to go either. But for her attitude was um, you should be a part of it if you want to try to make it better rather than just not and then just cut off from it. Um, which I understand, I totally got, that makes a lot of sense, like having that ownership. And 
she wanted to, anyway, then I just didn't want really feel so inclined to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Invest the time to Mm -hmm. do that. Um, so we just kept arguing about that once in a while. There were like, we go months at a time where it wasn't relevant because we were one, we're not available to go to church. We're traveling or something. And then there'd just be like some finally for free one Sunday. So Saturday night, we're like, Oh, should we go to church tomorrow? And then we'd have this, like, you know, we'd like butt heads about it. And so having this counseling session helped us actually identify the problem wasn't, it was just like how there's these ways that we express our faith are different for each person and understanding more what was important for each other spiritually. Mm. Um, that's helped a lot. I'd say to answer your follow up questions, like what, how do we end up resolving it? And what else do you think? Uh, the conflict, mm-hmm. different topic. No, no. Like what helped us uh, work that out and they become not an issue anymore. Well, in the, in the counseling, like uh, did you just agree to, to, more go to her side and support her because she wanted to go to church or did you just agree to disagree and she goes to church and you stay home or like, how did you, what was the conclusion that you came to? Hmm. That's interesting. We've actually, now that you mentioned that nothing we've ever done, we've, we'd considered, Oh, you do your thing. I'll do my thing. Always. It was, everything is always like we, we want to do together. Hmm. Yeah, so it was like... Yeah, I don't want you to go by myself. The point to going to church is uh, it's making a family culture and show other people that, wow, this uh, wholesome, nice family, young couples coming to church with their kid and I want you to show them. Also, not not like more than uh, just getting the inspiration or spiritual experience at the church. I want to show them all like nice families mm-hmm. being at the church because it's, you cannot see these days, like young couple with a kid coming to church. So I want it to be kind of mm-hmm. lower model for other mm-hmm. people too. And uh, giving them hope. Yeah. Wow. So, Basically when it comes to church, I'm a, I, I'm a taker. I just want to yeah. get some. <laughs> Iggy wants is a giver, <laughs> yeah. but no, but um, so like you just said, it hasn't re- it's not really a problem for us anymore. Yeah. So why and Andrew that why do you think that is? Because we decided that I like to listen lectures, so I just sit down and Sammy can take care of baby. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> that that was our compromise. Yeah. yeah. So the moral of the story is if you're struggling, having a baby will fix all your problems. <laughs> it's it's not a myth. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Cause that I mean that's I have never seen a church that has figured out what to do when you have babies. It's like they don't factor that in because babies just destroy church service, right? So then you have to work somewhere else. So then clearly one of the people cannot attend and they haven't ever. Sometimes some churches have another room that looks more like uh, like an insane asylum, like with kids on the ground licking the floor and like parents just looking stressed out and it just smells terrible. And it's not, it's not something mm-hmm. enjoyable. So that's good for Sammy because Sammy then can just spend quality time with Luna, right? Or with the baby, right? Yeah. So that's a, that's a win-win. That's cool. That's a very good idea. Yeah. And do that at, at church. I mean, it helps right now, right? We're at the, we living in the church. Yeah. <laughs> You have no excuses to not go to service, by the way. <laughs> yeah, wait, so uh, we're we're in, we normally live in Seoul and we're visiting my parents-in-laws, Igu's parents for a couple months and they're pastors. And then, so they have like an apartment in the church building. 
right? So it helps a lot. And uh, <laughs> that works here. A lot of weeks, that issue, it, it, it's, it's like comes and goes because it's not relevant for a lot of times because a lot of Sundays, you know, we're traveling and we're doing, we do a lot of lectures and things and they're usually on the weekend, right? Hmm. So, uh, that was, what was money? You, uh, that, that, that surprised me. Money? Yeah. Oh, we're saying about money. Uh, we, Jerry Springer. <laughs> I thought that we uh, were really good in that area. Yeah, I, I think all the problem we kind of solved, but still there is tension. Mm-hmm. Like you don't agree in your heart, deep, deep in your heart <laughs> my about my, my spending habit. Right, right. So like you have a little bit of tension and also I have a tension that, oh, Sammy doesn't trust me about my <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, we solved yeah. the problem. Like Sammy made uh, my pocket money. So like one month, how much I can spend. And then he doesn't know what, what, how, how I spend. That's what I asked for him because I don't want to let him know how I spend money. Can we call that your tiramisu fund? What? <laughs> the tiramisu, tiramisu. Yeah, my tiramisu, tiramisu fund. fund. Wait, hold on. I remember... <laughs> I want to put some context here. So we, we budget, we, we always, some of them beginning, we always like talked about money together and we'd create like a budget every month and we have an agreement on how to manage your money. This is not like I'm this money overlord. And then I, (laughs) I, I I bestow a certain amount of money onto my wife every month. Yeah. Right. And (laughs) yeah, I love the budgeting. Yeah. Yeah. We always talk about it. And that was just something she wanted. Yeah. It was, I want this discretionary money. But if we sh- like, he sense. always talking about me to spend, like wasting money. But actually, we checked the all year around how much we spend each other, and Sammy is the one who spend like ten times more. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I don't spend any money. Yeah, actually, I spend a lot of money for the snacks and the like delicious food and. Uh, but in the end, the result of the wait, what's it? Spending? Right, right, yeah. Spent, yeah. what Spendings. Spendings is like whole lot. Sam is yeah, more right. spender yeah. than I. And yeah. then he always looking at me like uh, you are a waste. <laughs> yeah, I think the the this whole the money, the crux of this money tension is I'm just really anal and yeah. need to loosen up a little bit. Just like yeah. she'll come home with a chocolate milk and then just <laughs> uh, <laughs> like you know, sixty cents, right? I actually but um and it, it's just, and then for me, I, I end up buying a new monitor or, you know, $300 headphones, you know, this, it's stuff that I save up for, I guess for me, it's a uh, intentionality with money. So it's like things wow. that I, um, think about what I want to get and I get it. And then, um, when I, it, it is more impulsive sounds bad, but you know, just more just in the moment, it just especially just thinking about food, right? Just like, Hey, it's, it's enjoyable because you get it when you want it. You don't, you know, you don't plan for when you want to have chocolate milk. Right. So, um, and that's how she likes what makes the way spending money makes yeah. her happy. Or so right? I buy so. some food for like friend or yeah, yeah. sister or like I yeah. just generously spending and semi. Yeah. Yeah. Korean culture. It's a really big deal to a big thing that you take care of your youngers Mm. And which you mean you treat them out to meals and stuff. It's like a huge show of love. And so she likes to be able to do that. And, um, which I agree with. I mean, for me, that was the thing that we had to to balance was, Mm. um, I want to plan how we spend all, I'm okay spending money on whatever, 
I would just like it to be accounted for. Like, okay, that we decide we're going to spend money on that. Um, whereas Igu never budgeted. And I grew up that during that. And Igu never grew up making a budget or really thinking about money. Um, and figuring out how to balance this point. Right? Yeah, yeah, I'm really grateful for Sam is really intentional about the money. Good job, Sammy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm really grateful Igu likes is generous and likes to take care of people and also no not just that but enjoy she enjoys stuff now whereas i would put all of my happiness in the future if it came to money if, I, if it was just up to me and in hindsight i'll add this too just want to plug for i'm really grateful for igu how um she i mean when she's talking about she spends money it's like 60 cents or a dollar at a time it's really little things it's all she's very low maintenance otherwise she doesn't buy lots of expensive clothes or same t-shirts you see <laughs> I remember it's famous the whole world has seen that shirt <laughs> I guess that same food would be in, or not food but health would be like another area yeah. or, like diet ah, yes. so yes. Um, that same point of like I, I want to be intentional with what we eat and uh, healthy the idea of being healthy and um, it's okay to enjoy other foods but um, just it's more account- it's not just because I feel like it, but like, mm. just, I, what, what am I committed to diet wise and health wise? And I, you know, I stay, yeah. stick to that. And, um, so then in Nigu foods are really a form of joy. Mm. Right. And so I, I guess that for me, food is a form of energy. And then for Igu, food is a form of happiness, right? So taste really matters. Whereas me, I'm not really so picky. Um, and like that, and like everything, I guess all these, the common point is, the there's two different philosophies or mindsets around mm. the topic and then how to incorporate mm. both of them. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Anything you want to add? Yeah. Mon- uh, the tension between money and the food is uh, almost the same mm-hmm. root, right? Yeah. It's like long-term versus short-term. Yeah. And, like- and I'm short-term. <laughs> <laughs> Very proudly. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm, what about what are you guys? That, that's actually a really interesting question. So mm. I, I have we have others, but I want to throw that back to you. Money has de- <clears throat> definitely been there for us for sure, because she grew up in a country where there was no money. There was no mm. money. There's that no money. So obviously that impacts you. Uh, and so, oh my god, yeah, a lot of tension because just the idea that. I would ask her to also be a little bit more intentional just so that we could plan a little bit better. And she felt like that was so repressive. And I was like, no, it's just thinking about the future. And she's like, you never do. No, money. I can. You do not do it. And I was like, oh, no, I'm just asking you, like, how much the thing is? How can we plan for it? Do we need it right this second? And like, oh, fine, fine. I don't need anything. I'll just live in a box. I'm like, no, nothing. <laughs> just like this really like deep reaction to not like like not having the thing right away when I'm just asking like, well, well can we just talk about it? This kind of thing, you know, like that mm, caused yeah. a lot of tension, like crazy. <laughs> tension. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're getting, we're getting better. I think, uh, definitely when we travel, cause just things change when it's like, when we're in America, you know, everything's so much more expensive. You have to really 
things get a lot more intense in terms of money. So we're a lot mm. more, I, we fight a lot less when we travel just because there's more wiggle room and we can save more and we can enjoy mm. more. We can have it all. We can have it all. We can live the life of our dreams. <laughs> you know, I think, I think the same thing, even like she's like, the idea of having discretionary money. I'm totally like, however much you want, I'll give it to you. You just put a number on a piece of paper and she can't do it. She refuses. She's like, I don't need anything. Fine. I'm like, no, I'm just asking for like a number. I just need a number, you know, (laughs) we'll make it work. So I, I feel like I would do anything if she could just express it in words, but she doesn't, she just like is a pure heart. Like, no, this Ferrari, I need it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so grateful for Andrew, like um growing up like without planning and things like that. And then he asking me. <clears throat> and then I was like, mm. It's really like mental, like, you know, repeat thinking, oh, like, oh, we don't have anything. Oh, we don't have it. Why well, cannot do that? Just I'm thinking like that. And then, um, uh, struggle with a lot. And then now we are from now I can see, I look back and then I'm like, wow, this was like, uh, that's not true. Like we don't have anything. We have everything because my mindset is like, I don't have anything. We cannot do anything. When I have money, I will do these things. And mm-hmm. then for now I see it. That was totally wrong because I'm so grateful. Like, um, you know, like especially this situation. Now we are living there like life. It's really like, dream and everything is possible that's only just like for your uh thinking mindset once you change like that like god showing me this is the things everything yeah i gotta say because that went into like even our sex life because she'd be so stressed out because we don't have this or that and then she's like, when we're rich, then we can have more sex or something like this. And I was like, oh my God, this sucks. So is it like everything had was depending on us becoming multimillionaires. Like then she could have massages. More. She could have more massages, go to spas more. And then she could be more relaxed to be nicer to me or whatever. And it, we just had to kind of, it took a while, like seven years almost to kind of dispel that concept that we have to, hold off on enjoyment in order to have enjoyment. Like we can only enjoy once we have everything lined up. And it's like, that's the opposite. It's like, no, you start enjoying stuff now and then you have everything automatically. And that was really like that. We got into so many fights because it was just like, I just felt automatically, well, crap, how can I make a million dollars so that I can, you know, snuggle with my wife more? (laughs) What do I need to sell my organs? What what can I do right now? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's, it's, and I think that's really valuable because that's the case for not just the exact situation, but every couple will have two different Mm -hmm. ways of growing up around something and then how to figure out your own way of how you want to approach the topic. Yeah, because actually what, when you're talking about Uyanga not growing up with any money, which is crazy to imagine a country that you, I don't know what, what you... They had ration cards. So right. if you get food, you'd get, you know, a, a bread ration ticket. Uh, you'd have to wait in line uh, two hours to get bread or whatever. 
Igu, because Igu also didn't really grow up managing money at all. It's their household. They would get, you know, one side they'd get money from the grandparents or anything like that. It always just go to the parents. And that was just assumed that any money they got, their parent, they gave to their parents. And they, if ever they needed something growing up, then their parents got it for them. They would talk about it like, hey, you know, I need a new phone. I need a phone, blah, blah, blah. And then the parents would just get them what they need. Yeah. Also, when we got first to part-time job, we just give all the money to parents. Yeah. Which for me, just like <laughs> made my jaw drop when I heard about that. Because it, it's like kind of mind-boggling. Thing later about. on, I realized that, oh, even though I give them this money, this will disappear. So I decided to keep it my <laughs> keep for me. Because <laughs> you weren't, because you were giving, giving it to them. It's, it's really like a filial yeah, mindset yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. It's like, hey, my parents raised me and they spent oh. so much money on me. They fed me. And so, yeah, I'm working. And so I'm just kind of wanting to pay my parents back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just very non-American way of treating your parents <laughs> and money. <laughs> kind of cool. If it works. You guys are up next, by the way. You guys have next next question. Yeah. 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 You- Thank you for that. Yeah. So uh, actually, I was deciding which order, but uh, you mentioned sex. So I was curious to hear um, from Uyanga. So, cause I talk to Andrew about this all the time. So what do you think it takes or what do you think is important in order to have a great sex life? Yeah, I think, um, it's starting from inside me, you know, inside each person. And it's really like, um, you first like solve your heart like if there's a problem you solve your problem in the heart and mind and then uh, that's become free and then uh, have the great sex and then if your heart and mind is like uh you know the problem tangled there and then like uh, you can't do it and then, yeah, when since we come together, we uh going through up and down, especially uh, now we are eight year. We between this eight year, we have three boy and then uh, it's a lot of work. And um, I just feel like so tired. I'm tired. I'm tired yeah. like that. And then, you know, and then when he talks about like gay, like sex, like that, and then I just feel like, well, you don't understand me. Like, I'm tired. I want to sleep. Like, you know, like day and night, I just feel like 24 hour, like working so hard and tired. And then now this point is we really come and um, I feel like our heart is like free, you know, and really like focus on each other, really like love each other, like how, like it's again inside, like from the heart to mind. And then like, and then comes with the physically. And then otherwise, like um, the other side, like, you know, starting from the physical, we try to solve that problem is like, it will be, I think never. And then uh, now I'm so happy and, really happy like what since we came together what he done for me it's really like love giving me time like um really understand me really embrace me and then that feels i really like love it and then i become free and then wants to hug you (laughs) it took a long time to get her to open up like really trust me and and all that and then the moment 
that kind of internal trust was there, then the sex became fantastic. But up until then, it was like she could never really open up. She's always preoccupied, and so she was she was not enjoying it very much at all. Um, also, realistically, we have to mention, you know, after our second son, this is something that people don't ever talk about. We've never heard about it before or since. After our second son, she was stitch up. We had a natural, she had a natural birth and she was stitch up poorly. And so sex mm. was actually painful for her all the way up until she had our third son. And then they repaired, they repaired it. And the, mm. you know, <laughs> the midwife, she's, <laughs> we had a home birth and the midwife was in my bed stitching up my wife. And she's like, you know what I'm going to do for you? I'm going to do the greatest favor. Any, I'm going to make your wife have the most beautiful vagina. <laughs> and she, she just really understood this point. And since then, my wife has had no discomfort and she could actually just relax physically. And like, again, who's talking about this? Like, nobody. I've never heard. And she, we didn't even know. She just was like always in pain. She's like, kind of like, we're trying to, you know, get busy. And then she's always just like, ow, 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 this kind of thing. And it's very distracting for both of us, right? Because I don't want to inflict pain, but I would like to make love with my wife. But uh, that that only came about later. We only f- figured that out two years after the fact. Oh, that's really important. Yeah. yeah and then um, three boys, like all of them, natural birth. And then all of them have the tear. Tears. Tear, yeah. Tears. She, she yeah. tore with each other. Tore, yeah. And then all of them have the uh, <laughs> I think. Yeah, and then last the midwife was amazing. I just grateful God uh, to her. And then she was like intentional, really like, you know, if your daughter will be like that, and then how you really careful the mm. do everything. And then she was like that. And I'm so grateful. Oh, yeah, we have no idea. That sounds like a, a great business to get into, vagina repair services. <laughs> well, they do have superficial like vagina plastic surgery to make your vagina look as yeah. good, but that's ridiculous. This is this is just purely like, um, well, you didn't realize this. You don't know this because nobody talks about it, but our second child in that, that midwife, they actually had like an intern practicing learning how to stitch people up on my wife and we didn't know any better if i had known that a little bit more i would have been like get away from her practice on a freaking i don't know steak or something get away (laughs) from my wife because we had no idea it caused a lot of like internal suffering because you know we were unaware so i hope that some people listening can understand that and it might apply to you in your situation because you know doctors aren't always the best and and you know sometimes people screw up so it's good to know that that can impact you yeah it's good good for us right before having an next baby <laughs> we'll, we'll yeah look out make sure to pay them like- pay the doctor well and you know give them a tip and your your vagina stitching certified do a good job you got to pat them on the back be like do a good job all right <laughs> Thank you, Yanga, for for sharing all that. It's, it's really definitely not something you'd read on the cover of Cosmo. Mm-hmm. Just the no, the, you know the internal importance of the internal and feeling comfortable and safe with one another. Yeah, internally at peace. Yeah. So I have a question for y'all. This is mm. so. Here's my reason for asking, and because a lot of times 
what people who date, you know, who are in the dating scene, they'll find something really attractive about somebody when they first get together. And the longer they stay together, it becomes really annoying, right? But in this heavenly culture, I think is the exact opposite. So I'd like to know what was something that you thought was kind of annoying or you didn't really fully appreciate about the other person when you first met that you've grown to love as a part of who they are. Like what's something about the other person that you didn't fully understand or you kind of thought was not so nice and that now you really think, oh, that's I, I love that about them now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got I got one. That, this is a big for me. This year, I really got very recent accepting the whole part of a person, and, and I realized that the, the things I like about Igu, the kind of person that she is that allows her to be that way, also has these quirks along with it, mm-hmm. right? And that I can't just pick and choose what I like, but she has these things I like because and because of who she is, and so also has the, these other qualities as well. And so I've got, I've learned once, once I recognize that I, whenever they come up, I became really appreciative and they're like a source of joy for me. Like one is I get so, I like turning off the lights, right? It's like, it's such a simple thing, right? Just do it. When you leave the bathroom, turn off the lights, right? Um, and it's not even about the, so much about saving money. It's, it's, it's like, if it's the middle of the night and it's all dark and you go into the bathroom and you're not ready for it. And the light is just on and it just shocks you. I don't know, like that, that kind of thing. And just the, um, so EU leaves every night, basically all the lights on all the time. So it happens so much while going to the laundry room or the bathroom and oh yeah, the lights on. Right. And that used to annoy me and frustrate me so much. And, but it's just a part of, I, I took on, I accepted that my responsibility, my role for the entirety of my life is I am the light turn offer. And that is just uh, my identity as a husband, right? And then, then I just turned it into something enjoyable, right? And whenever whenever I see it, I'm like, yes, I got to fulfill my purpose for existence. And I turn off the light. <laughs> Not all yeah. heroes wear capes, Sammy. Yeah. Um, but these things I love about Igu that she's very, can roll, she rolls with things really well, adjustable. It's like if whatever changes happen, then really adaptable, which I appreciate a lot. It helps for having an exciting life. We get to travel a lot and, you know, there's some kind of person, some kind of characters that it's really difficult to have things changing all the time. Bigu adapts really well. And I, part of that is just this kind of looseness that that's not, whereas me, I'm more like ritualized and rigid and I want to make the plan prior and then follow the plan. And then I'm like, yes, I did it. Whereas Igu, you know, adapts, right? That's just how she lives her whole life. And, um, that one of the quirks needed for that is that you just don't remember to turn off all the lights. And also you don't, you leave dishes in the living room or you don't, um, you don't keep the bathroom slippers neatly in front of the door. You kind of just kick them off when you leave. (laughs) And all those, all those little things, or you leave, you know, you, once you come home, you take off your coat and you just drop it on the floor. And I'm, I'm just passively aggressively throwing in all the different, these are all the things that have come up in our marriage that used to frustrate me. And I recognize it's just part of what makes Igu amazing. I really want to hear from Igu now. Sammy is not caring how people think about him. So like when he goes to friend's house, he'll put up the refrigerator and eat whatever there. <laughs> <laughs> and that made me really embarrassed. Yeah. Uh, but actually that sometime 
I like it because when he does that for me, I really feel love and happy. Like、uh, asking water at the Starbucks that I when I'm、uh, thirsty, yeah, yeah. and and I'm hiding behind the、uh, <laughs> <laughs> door, and then Sammy went in there and then asked for water and then bring for me. I feel. Like oh he's taking care of me and then when we do the like traveling around the America、uh, I was driving and Sammy went to fundraising to earn money for our traveling、uh, fare fare Tra- traveling expenses, expenses.、Yeah. so he went to the fundraising and he doesn't care about fundraising he really good at fundraising so like he. Do it, do it, do it, do it. People reject it. He doesn't care. And then I was hiding in the car, and <laughs> Sammy is owning the money. But yeah, at first I really don't like it. Sammy doesn't care how people think about him, and he does what he wants to do. That was annoying、mm-hmm. at first, but now,、uh, yeah, there's sometimes when he does that for himself. That's annoying for me. But when he does that for our family or for me, <laughs>、um, I feel <laughs> really good. <laughs> I like it. <laughs>、um, uh, yeah. So still not fully appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, now I know. Yeah, he does that because now I know. Yeah. What、uh, at first Sammy said that I cannot choose what he, I like. That's Sammy. So I need to love everything because he. Does that for our family too, not only for himself. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's just the way I am. Okay, you、yeah. guys now ask. So, do you want to ask this? I can ask. So, for each other, what is the thing that you admire and respect most about one another? And also, and what have you learned? How like what's like you learned how to be or act a certain way from your spouse as well? So, two kind of different questions. I learn.、Um, When we first came together after blessing, we start a family, and then that time I was like really admire him. Like、uh, thing was, I joined the church、uh, when I was nineteen years old, nineteen ninety nine, before two thousand, and then we came to after how many year we married, which is thirteen year after. Yeah, after thirteen years, we came together, and then this means I was thirteen、um, uh, year practicing Duan principle. That、uh, practicing Duan principle means basically for me is like learning, learn the law. How you learn the、uh, how to love the other people really become you the、uh, owner of the law, and then、um, when he joined the church, like. Just three years ago, and then when we came to together, one house, one roof, and then I can see his love is so much bigger than my love in terms of loving other people, and then my heart is like small there, and I just like what I thirteen year. Practice these things, like how I am, like how I can love other people, how I can really listen to other people, really care for other people. But、mm-hmm. he is like just three year practice and become like so much bigger than that was. Like I just like what is that? What is that? Like how he become like that? 
And then he would just like give it away things like to the other people. And then he just like, and then I asked like, why you give it away? And then he just like, I need to take care of this person. I need to like, this person is like going through difficult. I need to like love, care for them. And I just like, I will basically just like, cover my eye like go to the other way and then I just like that was there I like stop and think like what is it and then I really learned from him and then basically I learned from like I grew up in a communist country like you know uh, until when I was 10 years old after 10 years uh, the communist things is fall apart and then um, I was like uh, searching the answer why is different he is so short time and I was long time because he grew up that family is different. He grew up that family, parents, mother and fathers really love him deeply, sincerely care for him. That is the basic foundation for him to eat mm-hmm. after one principle and practice. For me, it's like growing up, like I really come this country that's like, uh, the family really no value for their like you know doesn't carry each other like that. Mm-hmm. That's why like I like practice all that my life, mm-hmm. and then that's easy to and uh, difficult to understand that what is love like how I practice, and then I learn from him. I think now is I'm bigger than you. The student has become the master. Yeah, definitely. Your heart seems a lot bigger than mine these days. Um, well, for us, like when we get into fights, I'm very legalistic and I want to win. I'm, I'm, I love debating. I love debating and I love besting people and trapping people and, you know, kind of like that lawyer mindset. And she doesn't give a crap. She just doesn't, she doesn't have any interest in winning an argument or having an argument. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't think you understand, you know? And, <laughs> uh, and she just doesn't, she doesn't have any give and take. And so even when at my very, very worst, if I become sarcastic and kind of judgmental it just doesn't penetrate her she doesn't she doesn't it does it doesn't even deflect it it's not like it pings off of her it just goes right through her and she she feels nothing from it so i've realized the the worthlessness of getting into fights and debates it's useless uh it's just purely ego driven of wanting to be right wanting to prove yourself prove your point and it has nothing to do with uh learning about the other person. And so it's just like all out, 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 and it's nothing in. So I've learned that from her a lot of just, because I can see if I'm doing it. And sometimes still to this day, I will keep on fighting just for the sake of fighting, even though she's not giving me any, any, anything at all. I, and I just won't let it go, but uh, it's gotten a lot better. And I, I try to fight a lot less and just, there's no point. It's like watching a little kid have a temper tantrum. You just kind of let them, let them get it out. Okay. They're going to be done. And then you guys can have lunch and it'll be okay. And she's, she kind of just lets me work things out. And then I come back and it's cause if she was like me, I think it'd be a disaster. It'd be a really plates would be flying. You know, I'm a very hot 
I'm very calm most of the time, but if a button has been pressed, I, I go full Scorpio and I just, I just need to be right. And it's ridiculous. So she's helped me to, I've learned a lot about that, about not, not, not engaging in confrontation as much because it's Mm. just diffusing an argument. It's, it's remarkable. It's very Zen. It's like accidental Zen, you know? Mm. So I've, I, I, I'm learning from her because she's a terrible debater. She's a horrible debater. And it's actually a good, it's a good thing. If you look online and all that stuff, the people who are good at debating, they're not happy people. They're just trying to assert themselves constantly. I would just say like, uh, right, you right or wrong, doesn't matter. Okay, you right. I'm just, I don't want to tell anything. You're right. I'm, I'm so sorry. I will find my place. That's what I said, and then it just makes me uh, so angry. I hate it. I was like, no, yeah. I don't want to be right. I want to fight. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's totally amazing and incomprehensible to me. Because me too, I'm like, when I'm arguing with ego, I'm like, I can feel myself just like looking for that hit of like, I want admit that I'm right and you were wrong. Like, that. <laughs> yeah, it's not gratifying when she tells me I'm right. It's not. It's not what I want. It, I, and that's the weird thing is like, I just want to fight. <laughs> Yeah, it's so lame. Yeah, so she taught me that. It's very disarming. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. Younger. So we have, our last question is similar. It's ending on a positive note, but um, it's what qualities in each other, so in your spouse, uh, do you hope that your children get, you know, that they become more like your spouse in this way? Like, what do you hope that they inherit either biologically or just through observing your spouse like in what way do you want girls and boys like what 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 do you hope they're like in terms of your spouse i hope that our kids get egu's immune system (laughs) (laughs) i've never seen her get sick that's it (laughs) well that's biological Uh, okay right well (laughs) when you said biological it's just like what i thought um uh, you can start thinking about it. I, I really hope that our kids can laugh as well as EU. Mm. She laughs so well, which I am envious of a lot. Mm. And just brings a lot of joy to people. So I characterize that she has that disarming way that our children have are able to make people feel comfortable. And uh, she, EU, people trust her. Like, I don't get it. They just like meet her and she just. You don't exudes. get it? <laughs> She exudes trust from others, which I think is really wonderful. Yeah. How about we can go back and forth? I'll, I'll keep thinking. Uh, mm, I want uh, Sammy has a, like everything really intentional and the consistency. When he chooses to do, like he made a goal, he really go for that goal. And then he, until, until he achieved that goal. So I think it's really amazing ability quality that you mm-hmm. have so i want our all the kids can have that kind of quality mm. yeah that would be a good combination with uh one thing i hope our kids get from egu is uh in our egu gets so enthusiastic uh, at you, first yeah yeah it's like she's so <laughs> i love it's so fun to see just when she really gets into something she's so enraptured by it and it's just so me- it it takes over all of her interest and she's so absorbed by it, which is really wonderful to see. And then it, it's like a, the spark. And then she, she, then she goes on the next thing. Right. <laughs> so with like games, you know, we do that. We play like game, we'll start a phone game together and then 
she'll uh, be really, we'll both be really into it. And then she'll usually lose interest before I do. Right. And so I guess that'd be a good combination. And for me, it takes a long time to be interested in something. Yeah. Right? Cause if I, if I'm going to care about something, then I like, you know, I, I like, I take it all the way. Um, that'd be a good combination. Like mm-hmm. be really enthusiastic and excited about something and then to stick with it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's cute. Cause you guys have a, both a, a son and a daughter. So like, I guess more specifically, what do you hope your son is like, Igu, um, in terms of uh, becoming a man like Sammy like this? And then for Luna, Sammy, if you could answer, watching uh, Luna grow up, you hope that she's like Igu in this way, you know, gender yeah, exactly what I said, that Sammy has a intentional and consistency. I think it's what how he keeps his integrity, too, about his sexuality. sexuality. Yeah, so um, I hope my, our son can have a consistency. Our son can have honesty and consistency. <laughs> There's no wrong answer, Igu. It's your answer. It's a good answer. Yeah. <clears throat> I hope he, my, our son can learn about how, uh, Sammy wants to take care of his family and uh, keep his sexual integrity, how that's important for his whole life and his family and who, who he can meet everyone around. For our daughter, little Luna, I mean, if, if someone, if one of our children grew up to be exactly like EU, I think that would do the world a great service. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of great things mm. just to use all those points I mentioned, the enthusiasm, um, also open and open heartedness and, you know, all really open to different perspectives of things and to new experiences, willing to, to try something new and to consider something in a new way to go somewhere new and very adventurous and take the best that every place and everyone has to offer and practice and bring it to our own life and our own family. I think it's really, EU is such a diverse cooking ability. She can cook foods from all parts of the world just because she meets with these other mommies and these aunties from different places. And Mm. she learns how to make uh, tortillas from this sweet Mexican grandma and all, you know, all these like, it's this part of EU that just, yeah, sees the connects with the best in people. Very nice. I want. I actually. I, while I, I was sitting here, I realized that you didn't answer the very first question. Only Uyanga answered it. That we asked. What's that? Yeah, I don't know if it makes works to go circle back, but what are you most proud of your family culture? I think that we're all always adapting, and we're just. I don't know. I just love our family. Like, uh, we figure things out quickly. Because we all, it's like we're one unit, you know, we're so tight. We spend so much time together that we have our bad days, obviously. And I get cranky sometimes, but even if I have a bad day, like I'll talk to them at the end of the day and I'll, I'll explain that I was cranky and why, and we can resolve it there and then. And I'll just tell them like what I'm committed to. And like, cause I, mm-hmm. I just remember hearing a lot from my parents, how much they love me, but I, Growing up, I felt it less and less. And I realized that, you know, words, I don't want to just say I love you all the time. I want to tell them why I love them, why God loves them. And I, I want them to kind of just 
learn to express themselves and that we do it and that just that openness, that culture of like, okay, do we all want this? Do we all want a really happy family? Then, then this is how we're doing great. And this is kind of where we're struggling and let's figure it out. So it's kind of like day to day. We're always just trying to perfect a day, you know, have a great, perfect day. And then with the two older boys, I've been, you know, I tuck them in every night and a lot of times I'll tell them a story and then we pray some nights, some nights we don't, cause I don't want to pressure them. I don't want them to feel forced, but Last night we sat in a circle, me and the two boys, and we were holding hands. And then I was trying to get, you know, what is the thing that they're most thankful for? And then I just was really holding them and um, touching them like on their head and kissing them and just letting them know how much they're loved by me and by God, you know? And so I think that's just the fact that we're just trying to always adapt to where they're at and figure out how, how do they, how can we get them to feel as loved as possible? And that means challenging them too. It doesn't mean all cuddles. It means like sometimes, oh, you're acting like that. Go away. <laughs> like, we can resolve it because I'm around. I can be hard on them because I can be around then to be soft with them. You know what I mean? Uh, with, so we're all just very intentional and we, love each other more than anybody else. You know, like we're, we show each other that we're a priority to each other. At least for now, they're little. I hope that they leave the nest and want to come back. But a, a, fa- a family friend of all of ours is the Portalons family, right? And mm-hmm. I remember hearing from them, they're all in their 20s, the kids. Now there's, there were, you know, there were seven of them. Now there's six of them. Um, John passed away, but... Uh, they all choose, they have a house when they go home. There's like many rooms and they all choose to, the boys sleep together and the girls sleep together because they want to. Because they mm-hmm. love sleeping in the same room and they talk up and they share with each other. And I, would, it's so moving to see that family because they choose each other. And so I want our kids to choose each other. I don't want to force them to do anything. I want them to choose God. I want them to choose us. But um, you got to gotta give them incentive. <laughs> Choose not out of guilt or obligation, but choose because why, why else would they not, you know, why, where else are they going to go that they choose the family? So we're trying to be sensitive to their needs, but adaptability, I think is our family culture is like, whatever God wants us to be. Okay. You want us to go to Bali? Let's go. We had no plans, but you know, this came out of nowhere and now we've been here for almost three months, four months, something like that. We're going to be here for maybe six or seven or eight or nine months. Who knows? Uh, We're open. We're open. And as long as we talk about it, we'll get through anything. This worked out. I'm saying we, did you mention that these questions were completely, we're blindsiding each other. We prepared them and did not let the others know what these questions were. Did you say that? No, I did not. I did not. That's a good point that, yeah, we sprung these questions on each other just to make it, something that we actually have to think about on the spot. So it's a mm-hmm. real answer, not a contrived mm-hmm. answer. Um, but we want to thank you all for listening. This is a longer podcast, uh, but we felt like, you know, there's a, a, a request and we wanted to fulfill that request. And if you like it, and if you want to send us questions, uh, you know, we are happy to do these kind of podcast episodes because uh, we want you to see how much, fun it is to be open and honest and that it doesn't need to be scary. We talked about my wife's vagina for a little bit, you know, like that, that's scary for some people, but it's actually, 
you know, every woman has a vagina. <laughs> so why can't we not talk about it? Right. So if you have questions uh, for us, then we can do another podcast, uh, similar. Um, but we want your feedback. Um, Sammy, how was this for you? Was it enjoyable? Well, how was it for you? you? Uh, like- yeah. Yeah, it was fun how about you yeah for me it's it's very nice it'd be nice like if our unification family and every especially yeah the even older and younger all like open talk like that we can learn from each other a lot why means because we applying the one principle like into the life how it's it result is like that because without talking like that, we're just talking about that one principle is like mm. true father said, when you teach one principle without no law, that'd be like never people get it. The law, that'd be like, it's really learning, practicing. Yeah. Live things. Thank yes. you. Yeah. Whoever get this make possible. Mm. Yeah. What you just said, it made me realize that, yeah, it's such a, it's a blessing that we're able to have these kind of conversations. Yeah. And how many people are impacted by a lot of these things and they don't have a voice and they, they just have questions. So the whole point is, if you would like this to happen again, let us know. We need feedback. Um, and uh, we want to thank our wives for being so brave and for being ambassadors for High Noon. And we want to thank you for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this. Uh, please, your feedback is most important to us. Fantastic. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye, everybody. I hope you found that episode enjoyable. And before we go, I wanted to challenge you to take your life on, to take your life to the next level. And if you're struggling in any way with pornography, with masturbation, with issues of sexuality that just are not helping you at all. If you want to reclaim your life, reclaim your eyes and ears, your time, your energy, then take our free 15-day challenge. If you go to highnoon.org, you can find our 15-day challenge right there on the front page. Take it. It's absolutely free, no strings attached. We've designed it to help you gain some level of momentum in your journey of sexual integrity so that you can take the next step, whatever that may be. It could be to go to our deeper Ascend program, which is a 90-day program we have. It could be to reach out to that accountability partner. It could be to just take the whatever steps you need to take in your journey to build the life of heavenly sexuality that you deserve. So go to highnoon.org right now if you want to break up with porn and start to get engaged with the life of your dreams and eventually marry it. Doesn't it sound nice? So go to highnoon.org to find all of those resources and more. It's been a slice.